This episode of Rick and Rick Rule the World is brought to you by Taskin, the first name in premium quality travel gear. At Taskin, the holidays are now ready for takeoff with slim, stylish gear like the Taskin Edge professional laptop backpack for business and travel. Order now at TaskinSF.com. Next up on an all-new Rick and Rick. The crisis on infinite Earths has officially begun. The Peloton wife gets a new beginning. Netflix makes it safe for other brands to make the naughty list on Twitter. And Coke Zero bottles wage an OLED-based lightsaber battle all their own. And it all starts right here, right now. On the one show where everybody shows Rick-tuitiveness. And everybody rules the world. Hey, happy holidays and welcome to Rick and Rick Rule the World. This is Rick Matheson and I am joined as always by my friendly neighborhood bro host, Rick Wooten. How the heck are you doing? I'm doing great, man. I'm doing great. It's been a good week. Looking forward to the holidays that are coming up. How about yourself? Well, you know, I'm starting to panic about Christmas with these six fewer days that we have this year. I keep thinking, oh, I got time, I got time, but I do that every year and I'm already way behind. So uh, I, I'm not I'm not a happy camper this time of year. I'm always running behind on Christmas gifts. Sounds like you're doing great. Right, though. You know, I am. I actually, I did start my Christmas uh, gift shopping. I'm actually feeling pretty good, you know, this at this point uh, in the shopping season. Now, ask me in two weeks and it might be a totally different story, but right now I'm feeling pretty good. Yeah, I'm thinking in two weeks, it's going to be the same story for me, but I, I hope not. I hope I can avoid it this year. Well, we have lots of presents for our listeners today. We've got all the latest from the worlds of marketing, media, tech, and pop culture on tap. Plus, we want to take a quick moment to welcome our inaugural sponsor, Taskin. It's the first name in effortlessly cool, premium quality travel gear for people who carpet the hell out of every DM. Check them out at TaskinSF.com. All right, well, let's get into the show. Starting with that never-ending question, the blue pill or the red pill. I, I can't remember which is which from The Matrix, but there's one blue pill, red pill question that came with a surprising answer from you. I, I, I This popped up on Facebook the other day, and uh, it, it's that same that same sort of thing. You know, you get this all the time, you know, you know red shirt, blue shirt, your red pill, blue pill, you know, obviously hearkening back to The Matrix. And so this particular one said, if you can only choose one, would you choose the combination of DC, Taco Bell, Sega, and Pokemon, or Marvel, McDonald's, Nintendo, and Yu-Gi-Oh? I, I take it, you know, you probably picked the blue pill, right? I did, instantaneously. Right? I, I know you're a fan of Taco Bell, know you're a fan of DC Comics. I'm not sure about the other two, but I figured that'd be enough to win for you. Totally. Your answer was unexpected. Yeah. So I struggled with this one. You know, it seems like such a simple question. Which one would you choose? And as I go through the list, DC versus Marvel. I'd choose Marvel. Yeah. Absolutely. Taco Bell versus McDonald's. Ooh, I would choose Taco Bell every single time. And then Sega versus Nintendo. I was a Sega kid. I'm going to choose Sega. Pokemon versus Yu-Gi-Oh. I'm going to choose Pokemon. So the problem I have here is other than the Marvel versus DC, DC, I'm totally a blue pill, so I got to choose a blue pill. Now, now the way I justify this is I actually do like a lot of the DC movies, and particularly the animated uh, movies, uh, and I've enjoyed the stuff on CW. So it's not like it's a hard choice. It's a bad choice. It's just that it, it goes against my religious belief that I'm more of a Marvel guy than a DC guy. But the Taco Bell Sega Pokemon pulled me over. You heard it here, folks. I never thought I'd hear Rick Wood. <laughs> <laughs> choose a blue pill with DC over a red pill with Marvel, but there you have it. I know. 
free guy. I oh had heard God. of this, caught my eye, and it's a trailer for this new movie starring Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, so this is basically a movie that makes fun of video games, and specifically the non-player characters in video games. And so if you if you think about a video game, you have the people who are just kind of like walking down the street or they're driving by in a car or they're working in a shop. And, you know, so all this activity is going on, you know, with the with the first player characters. But these non-player characters, they're just kind of incidental there. And so Ryan Reynolds plays a, an NPC, you know, somebody who's, you know, just kind of the side of the story, who decides that he wants to star in the video game. And he tries to make this jump. And it's absolutely hilarious because, you you know, the opening scenes of the video for this, for the trailer for this, you can see him coming out and he's kind of walking about his day and there's all this craziness going around, around him. But of course, he's totally oblivious to it because he's an NPC and he's just got this linear track that he has to follow. And then at some point in his day, he decides, you know what, I'm going to get involved in this bank robbery and I'm going to try and stop it. <laughs> So that's that's how the whole thing takes off. So this should be kind of fun, particularly if you're a gamer and you can appreciate the idea of the NPC. Yeah, Ryan Reynolds looks to be in top comedic form in this spot, too. You know, the way you just described it, it really is kind of a digital world variant on Westworld, where one of the yes. AIs decides or realizes that it can start acting of his own free will, and the effect is hilarious. What game did this most remind you of? Is it Grand Theft Auto or something else? Is there an analog? No, I'm glad you said that. It was literally... Really Grand Theft Auto for me, okay. but it's only because you could see cars being, you know, stolen and driven, and you know, people are, you know, fighting left and right, and so there was this whole thing going on around them, you know, helicopter crashes, cars flipping over. So yeah, it, it kind of to me did have the the feeling of an open world first person shooter, and this was an NPC in that world. Free Guy opens July third today, December eighth, when we're recording the show, is the beginning of DC's Crisis on. On Infinite Earths, the CW television shows, they have uh, six or seven DC Comics TV shows on the air right now. All of them are going to be part of by far the most ambitious crossover in television history. Never before have so many TV shows all belong to a consistent universe, or in this case, multiverse. This will be a five-part crossover. The Crisis on Infinite Earths was one of the biggest and most famous and, and most catastrophic storylines, certainly in DC history, but really comic book history. And in terms of scale and scope, Rick, the Crisis on Infinite Earths makes Avengers Endgame look like a catnap. This is bigger than that. <laughs> the Crisis on Infinite Earths was erasing entire versions of reality. Billions, right. trillions of people died. These shows can't do this storyline total justice. I'm just glad that it's happening. I think it'll be their version of it. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Again, this is not one that I actually followed, but you know, it's it's one that I'm definitely interested in checking out. Because they're showing that this is multiple versions of reality, just like in the DC comics, they're drawing on other television shows and movies to show the other versions of these characters. Brandon Routh, who plays Ray Palmer, the, the Atom on DC's Legend of Tomorrow, he also played Superman in Superman Returns. Well, he's going to be also appearing as a version of Superman. Tom Welling and Erica Durance will appear as the Clark Kent and Lois Lane that they played for 10 seasons on Smallville, which I think is super cool. Burt Ward, who played Robin in the old Adam West Batman series, will appear, presumably as an older Dick Grayson in, in his reality. Whoever he is, Rick, I'm hoping that he's on screen long enough to utter one of his holy holies, like, holy butt-munching ass wipes, Batman. <laughs> 
John Wesley Shipp, who has played a number of roles on The Flash, including the Earth 2 Flash Jake Garrick, will appear as literally the version of Barry Allen that he played in the old Flash TV series from the 1990s. Characters from Tim Burton's 1989 Batman will appear for this. Excellent. This is going to be, I mean, this is gigantic. I hope they can pull it off. Yeah, this that's a lot of pressure. I, I, but you know what? From what I've seen of the the shows so far, I I think they have the the skill to do it. Definitely worth a watch. One other thing to look for is we're taking our first break right now. When we come back, it's time for the good, the bad, and the marketing. So do not touch that dial. Hey, Rick and Rick Nation, don't forget to check out our website at rickandrick.com. It's double the Rick in just one click at rickandrick.com. All right, everyone, this is Rick Matheson and Rick Rutten. Rick and Rick rule the world, and it's time for the good, the bad, and the marketing. First up here, Rick, Netflix has made it safe for other brands to get a little randy on Twitter. You know, this is incredible. So back on December 5th, Netflix posted kind of a a tongue-in-cheek challenge to uh, other folks to say, what's something that you can say during sex, but also when you manage a brand Twitter account? (laughs) And, and here's the thing. A whole bunch of brands responded. Pringles did one, which is once you pop, the fun don't stop. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, here, here was one from Kraft Macaroni and Cheese. Their response was, can take anywhere between seven and ten minutes. <laughs> ben and Jerry's has, do you want to take a lick? Yes. Yelp has, please share your experience with the community. <laughs> That's awesome. HGTV has, does the carpet match the drapes? <laughs> Bud Light had, check out our new cans. Lexus had, make it a December to remember. <laughs> now, in truth, this is really advertising inside baseball here because, oh, yeah. you know, consumers don't care about this. It's mainly fun for folks who are involved with marketing. But boy, it's a lot of fun. Rachel Ray responded, where's the beef? And then Wendy's responded to her and said, um, sup. <laughs> I just was so surprised at all these brands. This is really, really fun stuff. Now, does this foresage a 2020 where we're seeing more of this? I kind of hope so. I hope so, too. I just see one from Maybelline, New York. Two or three strokes will do the trick. (laughs) The Peloton phase plant. So by now, listeners are probably familiar with the 30-second Christmas commercial from Peloton that kind of broke bad. They came out with a Christmas spot featuring a guy giving his wife a Peloton bike for the holidays. It comes off as if this guy's suggesting that she should lose some weight. Sort of like the exercise equivalent of giving her a new vacuum or an ironing board. And what was meant to be as inspirational really comes off misogynist. Well, the blowback was monumental. But to me, the real story is how another brand, actor Ryan Reynolds' Aviation Gen, quickly newsjacked the blowback to inject itself into the conversation. They did it by hiring the actress who plays the Peloton woman to star in a new commercial that features her out with some friends in what comes off like a post-breakup drink as she begins a new life, presumably free of the Peloton man. Kicked off with a celebratory aviation gin martini. Now, whatever you think of either spot, that was a brilliant move. Really. Totally. And, you know, this is, this is, uh, the, I mean, there's two parts to this. The first one is from Peloton standpoint, yeah, you got to okay. be careful with this stuff. You, okay. you, you got to think it through and, 
you know, you, you definitely don't want it to come off uh, in the way that it did. Uh, but then on the, the flip side with the aviation gen, I mean, kudos for jumping on, you know, the news jacking and figuring out how to take advantage of that. That was that was pretty clever. Yeah, no, it's incredible. And you know what? The, the original Peloton ad, all it needed was something that indicated she wanted the damn thing. Uh, exactly. You know, to, to make it make more sense. And literally all, all they had to do was say, oh, my God, thank you so much. I've been yes. wanting this. That's all they needed to indicate, especially because Peloton has a really cool product that the people who use it love. Totally. Yeah. They will recover from this, but it yeah. is too bad. Yeah, kind of a lost opportunity. What's not a lost opportunity? These Coke Zero bottles that have a fight with lightsabers to celebrate this month's premiere of Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. Coke Zero's out with the special bottles that use these LEDs to light up Rey and Kylo Ren's lightsabers in kind of a battle. And I thought this looked pretty cool. I, this looks amazing. I Are they literally adding electronics into the bottle to make these light up? Yeah, it looks like they are using OLED lights built onto the outside of the bottle. It's a thin label here that yeah. will light up the lightsabers and Kylo Ren's is red and uh, Ray's light is blue. So, But they're using yeah. organic light emitting diodes. The Instagram post said they're releasing five clues to five locations per day on Facebook, Instagram, etc. So yeah, I think these are fairly limited. This is a limited edition bottle that to get, you're going to need to book a trip to Singapore according to Engadget. But now I can see a bunch of Star Wars geeks getting their tickets now. Now, did you notice that for the holiday season, Coca-Cola cinnamon? Do you see that? No, I would be interested in that. I bet that's pretty good. The other thing I'm going to be looking for is loaded questions when we come back after this short break. Stay tuned. All right, everyone, Rick and Rick rule the world here, and it's time for some loaded questions. So for question number one this episode is, which of the following is not one of the top five fastest growing brands of 2019? A, DoorDash, B, Impossible Foods, C, White Claw, D, Postmates, or E, Peloton? Which of these is not one of the fastest growing brands of 2019? Wow. Um, I'm going to guess Postmates. No, the answer is E, Peloton. So Morning Consult's new fastest growing brands of 2019 report ranks brands by growth in purchase consideration or the share of consumers who say they would consider purchasing a, from a brand. In 2019, the five brands that saw the fastest growth in purchase consideration were DoorDash, White Claw, Postmates, Impossible Foods, and Venmo. So question number two, two brands, Impossible Foods and White Claw. Which of these two brands scored more growth in purchase consideration among millennials and which one scored more growth among boomers? Possible Foods and White Claw. Which goes with which demographic? Hmm. I'm going to guess Impossible Burger with millennials and White Claw with boomers. Oh, sorry. No, the answer is White Claw is tops with millennial in terms of rise in purchase consideration and Impossible Foods is tops for boomers. So according to Morning Consult's 2019 report, DoorDash was number one for growth and purchase consideration across all demographics, including Gen Z, Millennials, Gen X, and Boomers. But number two for Gen Z was Postmates. For Millennials, it was White Claw. For Gen X, it was Postmates. And for Boomers, it was Impossible Foods. So really interesting results there. Question number three, which of the following brands helped create Santa Claus as we know him today? A, Noralco, B, Coca-Cola, C, Hershey's, D, Campbell soup or e peloton <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna guess coca-cola and 
When I was a kid, I loved the Coca-Cola commercials. In fact, to this day, I still love the Coca-Cola polar bear. Well, you are correct. According to Mental Floss, Good Housekeeping, and other sources, Santa used to be a lot less jolly looking than we know him today. And apparently it was Coca-Cola that really popularized the visual image of him that we most associate today with the big jolly guy with the red hat and the red coat. But in the US, the beginning of the 1800s, Santa was kind of this gaunt, bald, and barefoot Saint Nick. Then in the 1850s, there was a pamphlet from P.T. Barnum that made him look like kind of a dancing George Washington. It's really weird looking. And the text reads, on the top of a mountain where winds whistle bleak, I am dancing a jig. I am having a freak. That's really weird. But as Middle Floss points out, a magazine called Puck helped create the overall look of Santa way back in 1902 with these magazine covers that feature, it's a little surprising, but there's Sexy Santa. He's sneaking in through a window to meet two young women. And in 1912, Stick Up Santa, which had Santa pointing a gun directly at the reader. (laughs) I mean, it's it's disturbing to look at. You were protesting kind of the holiday becoming all about consumerism. He's holding you up for your money. But it's the ads from Coca-Cola that are credited with creating and kind of solidifying the look that we most associate with Santa beginning in 1931. So Coca-Cola hired an illustrator by the name of Haddon Sundblom to create images of Santa for print ads that have pretty much come to, I mean, you look at them, do a Google search, that's what Santa looks like. It is exactly what we think of. So who knew Santa owes so much to an American cola brand? That's awesome. Well, we owe so much to our listeners. We want to thank you all for listening today. Thank you, Rick Wooten. Good stuff. And be sure, everybody, to come on back for the next episode of the one show where everybody's name is Rick. And everybody rules the world. Oh,